Alrighty, so day one of the first year trial practicum, and if you didn't uh, listen to the previous episode, what the first year trial practicum is, is simply an opportunity for uh, first year law students to go and watch a trial from start to finish. Uh, that includes jury selection, that includes uh, witness testimony, uh, and we don't get to watch the deliberations, but we get to see them leave to deliberate, etc. Uh, come back in and give a verdict. And, and then judgment as well. And so that's what first year trial practicum is. Today was day one, which means that we ended up going over some jury selection issues uh, as well as uh, witness testimony and kind of how all those things worked. Uh, all these notes are recorded in my notebook because we don't can't take in computers into the courtroom. And so just excuse me in advance if you hear any rustling papers, if uh, things flip around just because some of that noise is right by the microphone. So how did this all start? Well, we walk into the courtroom, we stand when the judge comes in, uh, he has a, has a sit, and then he goes over a few preliminary issues, and that was because there was a motion uh, made to limit some of the evidence that came into the courtroom, and that was initially denied. No, sorry, it was granted. Uh, that was made by the state, and so there were some issues that the defendant had with that. Uh, uh, that was addressed before uh, jury selection started, and it was just a matter of, can I read this in my opening statements? Uh, so that's really how that kind of started. <clears throat> like I said, I won't get into any of the substance of this. I'm just going to uh, describe how things worked and how things functioned. Uh, so that was a big issue there. That started at around 9 o'clock, and that lasted about 15 minutes just while uh, the court went through that. It's it's kind of like a little mini hearing where the court says, what what do you want? And then the other parties like, do you agree? Do you disagree? Why do you agree? Why do you disagree? And then it, it's, it's like a little back and forth, a, a little debate. Why do you want this? Or why should the other party not have this? And so that lasted about 15 minutes, and then uh, they brought in the jury. Uh, the jury had assigned seats, uh, where, and the reason for that is because the attorneys have a list of where people are seated that, seated. that way they can address the jurors by name. And all this is important because of a court record. Uh, the court record needs to hear the name of the jury uh, that's being asked questions, and ultimately that is just so that there is a complete record. So if there is an appeal, there's no issues. Uh, the court reporter is sitting there typing everything out word for word real quick. Uh, but there were no um, preliminary instructions that were left for the jury. Uh, and then the jury came in, sat in their assigned seats. They were sworn in, which just pretty much means that they were told to tell the truth. And then there were some preliminary information that was given to the jury of how the case works, uh, just a brief introduction to the case, uh, how the courtroom works, how the jury questioning works, that's called for dire, uh, just to give an overview so that they knew what to expect. Uh, they were also given an admonition, which ultimately just means don't talk to anybody about the case. So they were admonished by the court and to follow the instructions of the court. And so that's kind of how that works. Um, and then they went to off and just asked if the jury had any previous commitments uh, that may excuse them from the jury. Some of those commitments included travel, uh, school with finals coming up, uh, caretaking obligations that were present, and about five or six of those jurors were excused because of that. And then Vord Dyer uh, started, and then 
Uh, it started with the state. Uh, I think that's because the state has the burden of proof. Uh, but ultimately, uh, the state took 25 minutes questioning. Voir dire is where the attorneys are going to question the jury just to get to know them more. Uh, that's their whole goal, their whole purpose. Uh, they want to get a bit more understanding of how the jury sees things, what their perspective is, and uh, give a little background about the attorney. They all want to be personable because obviously jury selection is still part of the case. It's the very first part that the jurors have an opportunity to make impressions about the attorneys. And so you want to be seen as personable, likable, uh, influential, structured, knowing, uh, etc. all that kind of stuff. You want to be comfortable in the position. You want to build credibility for yourself as you're questioning. Uh, that way, the juries just see you as a person who they can get along with. So the state took about 25 minutes uh, to address all their questions that they had. I won't get into any of the substance of the questions. They didn't ask any factual questions. They can, but they didn't. So maybe I'll address just a couple of those questions if I can find it quickly in my notes. But some of the questions that were asked is, have you ever heard the term innocent until proven guilty? Uh, how do you assess whether a person is credible? Uh, will you require the state to prove any additional elements? Uh, are you capable of following the instructions of the court? Uh, will you... And do you recognize any of the witness names? And that one's actually a big deal because there were a couple of people who did recognize witness names and then they were set aside for independent questioning. And so after the state finished with their 25 minutes, they took about 15 minutes to individually ask these people questions specifically about the case where how do you know the parties? Have you ever been to the place that's in question? Things like that. And that took about 15 minutes. Most of those people, I think all of those people were excused. Uh, one of those people were excused for cause, which ultimately just means void dire. You learn something about them. They're excused for a good reason. The parties agreed that that person should be excused, and so they are thus excused. The defendant took 58 minutes uh, compared to the state taking 25 minutes, which same kind of process. Uh, they gave attorney background. They t gave an overview of some of the things they wanted to address, whether it's attitudes, beliefs, life experiences. Uh, the questions were just slower. Uh, that's ultimately it. I think most of the law students were more impressed with the prosecuting, uh, in this case, just with the speed of how it all works. But there's, in my mind, nothing wrong with going slower as well. Um, after for dire. Uh, people were excused, uh, specifically the person who had knowledge of the parties. And then the attorneys executed strikes, and they each had eight. Uh, we were told that they would have six, but they ultimately each had eight. I think the last uh, strike uh, decided who alternates were. Uh, there ultimately were 14 people left over after the strikes. Uh, they went back and forth. They alternated who uh, struck who. And the state started, this whole process took about uh, 10 minutes. They had a list, and they would quite literally go and uh, strike across the list, which juror was going to be excluded. And so after the strikes, they went and talked up with the judge. Uh, they agreed on a list of jurors who would be selected. Uh, and then the judge called out the names of the selected jury members. They... Uh, told that the 
everybody who was there that they wouldn't be called for jury duty for another couple of years. And then the selected jury was sworn in. And uh, again, do you promise to tell the truth? Uh, will you be a fair and impartial jury? And uh, did Rose the right hand and said, I do. And then the selected jury was given another admonition, and this was more specific to the court, uh, the details, and uh, they can't do outside research, just, just things like that. And so that whole jury selection process, and now I'm going on here a bit long about the jury selection, but that lasted from 9.15 to 12.05. Uh, so a fair amount of time, uh, but it was quite interesting in my opinion. People were hungry. They, they were ready to uh, take a break for sure. So we had lunch at about uh, 12.10, which just gave us a little bit of time to discuss things. And then we were supposed to be back at 1.15 and then started at 1.30. So that's what we did when we started at 1.30. Uh, we had opening statements. Uh, so jury selection was the morning session. Opening statements started the afternoon session. Uh, the party who has the burden of proof goes first. In pretty much all criminal cases, the burden of proof rests with the state. So in this case, the state ended up going first. And I won't talk about how their, um, what was in, in their opening statements. Uh, the state took about 15 minutes for opening statements. The defense took about 45 minutes, but it was just very structured. It was the whole purpose of opening statements is to provide an overview, a big picture of how the case is going to outline. Uh, the attorneys can make predictions of how the witnesses are going to uh, testify, what the uh, other party uh, is going to uh, try and persuade the jury to do. And so the whole point is to paint the picture of what the event is and prepare the jury for what they might expect to hear during the trial. So, with that said, let's just talk briefly about the structure. Uh, the state had a structure of facts, law, and common sense. That was their ma three main points. And they had kind of chapters within each of those points where facts had a chapter one, chapter two, chapter three kind of deal. The law had chapter one, chapter two. Uh, the law... So the facts just talked about the facts of the case. The law part talked about the elements that the state had to prove, and then the expected defense that they expected the defense to put on. And then they just summed it all up by encouraging the jury to use common sense in giving an answer, uh, giving a verdict to the case. And then the defense, like I said, took about uh, 45 minutes. They gave kind of an introduction uh, where they kind of said, here's our point, uh, here's some of the rights that are available, and it, here's why we're here. And then they went through this chapter format as well. Uh, their uh, chapters were designed to tell a story, which you can think of it that way too, where you open a book, you're given certain parts of a book. So chapter one for them was facts. Uh, with any plausible alternatives that were available. Chapter 2 was how the police responded to the situation. Chapter 3 was any ambiguity that existed. Uh, and Chapter 4 uh, focused on the law and specifically the presumption of innocence. So ultimately, 
uh, the way that this worked is here's my argument, here's what I expect the witnesses and the other side to say, and then here's the law. That's really how opening arguments work, and it's just to give the jury an opportunity to understand what the case is, and then not only understand what the case is, but go ahead and try and persuade the jury just to start. And then we went ahead and went into witness testimony. Uh, witness testimony lasted about an hour and 10 minutes for the first witness. And the way this procedure works is that the uh, party who is calling the witness, uh, in this case, it was the state who first called the witness. They called the witness. Uh, the witness was sworn in by the judge. And then they were questioned by the lawyer. In the case of the state, the lawyer questioned them from their lawyer's table. Uh, just asked several questions. And the whole point was, I, I could tell, was to build the credibility of the witness. What's your background? How long have you been working there? Uh, what's your procedure? How do you do things? And then the attorneys go ahead and introduce exhibits to the witness. And this is important because it's the only way for exhibits to be presented to the jury. A lawyer cannot just say, here, jury, look at this picture. They have to present it in front of a witness. Otherwise, it's not admissible. And the witness needs to go and verify that what is depicted in that exhibit is accurate. So... The whole point of jury questioning is to build the credibility, introduce exhibits, and then have the witness describe what the exhibits are saying. Ultimately, the witness is there to tell a story uh, encouraged by the questioning of the lawyer. Uh, if there's objections that are made, they're either sustained by the judge or overruled or withdrawn by the attorney who asked the question or uh, rephrasing the question to get around the objection. So that's uh, that process where the state first questions is called uh, the direct examination. And then you have the cross-examination, which is where the other side, in this case the defendant, goes and asks questions. They attempt to impeach, which just means counter, uh, counterdict testimony that you've previously given. And they're all trying to do so based off of the first questions that were asked by the other side. Again, they are free to introduce exhibits, uh, and that whole point is, again, to describe and tell a story. And then the redirect is where the party who's called the witness goes, and they respond to the cross-examination by trying to rebuild the witness uh, based off of some of the experiences that they may have said. After that is done, any last questions? If there are none, they go ahead and the judge excuses the witness. Uh, we also ended up making it through witness one, and we started with witness two, uh, where the state took about uh, 45 minutes on their direct examination, and I believe they still have time for uh, direct examination, then the cross will happen, the redirect will happen. It's going to follow that same process. And there's some interesting things that happens. Uh, sometimes if there's questioning that needs to be struck, uh, this was the case here, is if uh, testimony needs to be struck, they can call for an objection, approach the bench, 
uh, the court will dismiss the jury if they need to because the judge is the finder of the law, the jury is the finder of the facts. And so the judge is going to work out the law part of things, and that's going to be done outside the presence of the jury. And so that's kind of like a little mini hearing where they come up to the bench, they uh, talk outside the presence of the jury, uh, ask if there's any objections, what the response is, and then the judge is going to give a ruling. In other words, it's a mini hearing. Uh, a couple of the objections that were given was relevance, uh, which just means that this testimony is not relevant to the specific incident that you're asking about. Hearsay, which is you heard this from another source, you didn't uh, do this yourself. Uh, there's speculation, which is just asking the witness to make assumptions. And there is beyond scope of the questioning, which uh, ultimately is, I'm not 100% sure, but it's you're asking questions that are beyond the scope of what the court allowed you to do. And then finally, there's legal conclusions, which is where the attorney makes a statement of fact uh, for the witness to simply agree to instead of asking the witness questions that is going to induce the witness to tell the story for themselves. So those statements can be excluded as well. So that's day one of the trial. This has gone on for uh, quite some time. I want to get going because I want to get a good seat for day two. So I will see you guys all later. I guess talk to you guys all later uh, with some of my notes for day two. I don't think it's going to vary too much as far as additional witness testimony. If there's certain things, I may or may not even record day two. We'll, we'll see what ends up happening if there's anything remarkable that should be shared. Anyways, have a good one. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Law Schoolers. Before I let you go, there are four things I want to say. The first thing is if you enjoyed these episodes and if you enjoyed the website, I would invite you to go and join Law Schoolers Pro. And you can do that by going to lawschoolers.com slash join. It's a way for you to support us, but there's also a lot of features there that I think you will enjoy. Second thing is that nearly all of our episodes are unedited. The only ones that aren't our pre-law materials, and the reason for that is so you can actually see the legal material in its raw form as I'm learning it as well. The third thing is that the information contained in these episodes are specifically only for educational purposes. They're not to be used as legal advice, and with that, the fourth thing is if it is used as legal advice, we are not liable. That is, law schoolers is not liable for any legal outcomes. Thank you again for enjoying the show. Have a good one.